You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant pop album and break it down track by track. You could call us the Track by Track Street Boys. Oh, that's a good one this week. Yeah. And on the turntable this week, we've got Annie. And Will, I've got to say, I am very excited about this. Our first West End Broadway spectacular. I've listened all week. No, I think you stopped reading... My te- you read my text message too quickly. And Hard Knock read. Life. No, this is Don't Stop by Annie, the Norwegian singer. Why didn't you say anything when you came in and I was wearing this orange wig? Just it's part of the course around here, isn't it, these days? <laughs> <laughs> like that week when uh, you thought we were doing The Sound of Music and you were wearing lederhosen. But it didn't help because I confused matters by coming dressed as a nun. Well, rather that than a Nazi. Yes, quite. Now, this week we're talking about uh, Annie, Annie Lilia Berger-Strand, who is a Norwegian singer-songwriter, DJ, producer. Uh, and this, I've been really looking forward to this week's episode. Oh, we, thought, we talked about this on our hint of a tease of what's to come in 2020. Uh, and we also talked about Annie on our Richard X episode way back sometime last year. Uh, she's fantastic. And you'd love her music, Dan. I'm surprised. She's had two brilliant albums, um, a couple more, a couple of further EPs, some buzz tracks, some collaborations. She's predominantly worked with Richard X, Xenomania, Hannah Robinson. Mm. Um, so she, if she's not on your radar, she needs to get on your radar. And I'd love for us to do one of her albums one time. Well, let's make it so. And it is interesting, isn't it, sometimes when an act that you assumed that I would be aware of her work. Sometimes they just pass you by, don't they? Uh, For me, Anya's got lots of roots in lots of things that we, as track by track, find very interesting. And we'll talk about that in more detail. But suffice to say, the writers and producers that Annie has collaborated with uh, is like a who's who of track by track. Despite all of that, this is one that you've brought to the table. I'd never listened to the album before, uh, ahead of research of course and i think before that i couldn't have even named an annie song really mm. uh, and a few people that i uh, spoke to before recording and i said we were recording an annie episode they were very surprised that we were doing the second album not the debut because the debut album includes chewing gum which you might know yeah and not chewing gum chewing gum oh which you might not know in fact uh, but i think it might be worth um, just refreshing everybody's memories and educating you. Here's a little clip of chewing gum. song um, and for me that was where my journey with Annie began and I thought this is quirky this is different this is a great electronic pop uh, and her first album was brilliant the second album is what we're talking about Dan I'm sure there's a link a reason this week marks 11 years since the release of the Antonio single and I know what you're gonna say 
that single is not on the album, but this track does feature on special edition versions of the album. Came on an EP released around the same sort of time. That is, might be the loosest thread that we've ever had to walk. It's looser than the stools of an OAP that's been drinking prune juice for a fortnight. That is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. It's the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> and you've said some quite questionable things. So, Dan, I'm really excited to talk about this album with you this week. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Um, before we get stuck in, uh, just to say this was originally uh, meant to be released in 2008. Following a issue with record deals, record contracts, it was subsequently released independently uh, in October 2009. Uh, and there was also a, a promo before this album came out featuring um, a number of songs. It was a kind of album sampler, um, uh, which was slightly different to what then the ultimate album was going to be. There were some extra tracks recorded uh, and a few tracks that weren't featured as well. I'm sure we'll come to talk more about that as um, we go on. I've no doubt. And don't forget there's further listening. Yeah. Well, no, that would be your further listening, wouldn't it? So that... Well, if we're lucky, <laughs> if I'm lucky, we'll squeeze some more stuff in as well. It's going to be longer than the stage version of Annie, I think, this episode. <laughs> I've never seen it. No, me neither. So, let's get stuck in. Side one, track one. This is Hey Annie. So that was Hey Annie. This was one of the additional tracks that was recorded when the album was pushed back and moved onto an independent record label. Um, And it was Hey Annie along with a couple of others that we'll come on to later as well. And I should also point out that when we talked previously about the fact there was a promo album, a sampler album, also around before the time. And Dan, you did reference Antonio as well. Yes. Which was, you might call, a bit of a buzz track or a pre-album track. Uh, There was a special edition bonus disc, um, which was titled The All Night EP, which was available to buy at the same time, uh, uh, which featured five tracks, one of which was Antonio, uh, and there were four other songs on there as well. A plethora of songs around this campaign, you could say. And if we're lucky, we might dip into a few of those later. And I do love a song where the artist references their own name in the title. Uh, I'm thinking specifically Fergilicious, uh, Hey Hey We're The Monkeys, Bitch I'm Madonna. Uh, and of course, I think one that we'll both agree was an absolute smash from the 90s, Dupe by Dupe. Love that song. <laughs> There we go. We've been duped. It's a shame because we were going to do the full album, weren't we? But now there's no point. <laughs> I think that was it, wasn't it? Uh, probably. 
Uh, do you like this track? When it first began, it was a little bit more simplistic in its style, where it's quite stark. I wasn't quite sure. It wasn't an initial uh, love at first listen, but I really like the chorus. And what I particularly love is towards the end when the electronics and the synths really take over. Um, that alongside the drums, which are sort of almost kind of army march style and a bit of call and response on there. Um, it certainly got better as it went on for me, this one. Uh, it's funny because we were talking about Annie, the musical, and actually it does sound like the, some of the kids from Annie uh, in the call and response, Hey Annie. Hey Annie. Uh, I think it's a nice way to start the album with a very self-referential track. Yeah. Gets things up and running, gets things set up. And do you have a favourite track by an artist who referenced themselves in it that I didn't mention then? Well, surely the ultimate are the Cheeky Girls. Oh, of course. When every song is cheeky something. Uh, was it uh, Cheeky... A Cheeky Holiday, the cover of um, It's a Holly Holiday. Uh, and if we're lucky... No, we won't we're not that. listening to that. <laughs> a Cleopatra's theme. Oh, fantastic. They Coming did, at you. Yeah. I really liked their version of I Want You Back by the, uh, the Jackson 5. Uh, so this was... So all the tracks bar one are co-written by Annie herself. And this first track was co-written with Paul Epworth and Hydran uh, Bjorn's daughter. Oh. Paul we've definitely talked about before, haven't we? believe his work with Adele is what he's really known for nowadays. And Bjorn, I don't think... Has he done anything else? Not m- not much I could find. Not I could not find too much. Are you okay? I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we move on to the next song, give you a bit of a breather? Yes, so track two now. This is My Love Is Better. <laughs> Dan, does anything jump out to you about that song? It sound-wise, it feels very... I know this one was a Xenomania co-write. And it just... The production of this one feels very much... reminds me a lot of a lot of Sugar Babes songs, the majority of which I think were Xenomania written or co-written as well. So uh, Hole in the Head, Round Round and In the Middle. They all, they all kind of sound like songs that are kind of going around, if that makes any sense. So you can imagine spinning round to them as we often do when we're dancing around uh, while the songs are playing while we're recording um but also it sounded a little bit indie when it first started it almost felt like blur demo or something like that um but it's a good song it's a fun song and that was the answer i was looking for the xenomania factor yeah um so this is their first of many tracks on this album that they co-wrote and produced and this was at the peak of xenomania's power when it was miranda cooper brian higgins and tim powell the Holy Trinity, as we've referenced them to or as on previous episodes as well. Also, the, the Xenomania, almost one of their trademarks, that guitar yes, um, is in there all the way through. Dan, I've got a brilliant pop story attached to this track for you. Go on. Uh, so, uh, Girls Aloud recorded backing vocals for this track. How fun. Uh, but due to issues, again, with record companies, their backing vocals had to be removed. 
Uh, and I believe there was a demo at some point uh, which Girls Aloud did record of this song. Just thinking about a band doing backing vocals for another artist, first thing that comes into my head is Steps doing backing vocals for Johnny Vaughan and Denise Van Alten on their cover of Especially For You, Children <laughs> in Need. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yes. I believe it outsold the actual official Children in Need single that year. Did it really? Mm, I think so. Oh, it was a bit of fun, wasn't it? That was the height of their big breakfast fame, wasn't it? Yeah. For those two. Of course, Denise Van Outen now uh, recently did well in The Masked Singer, and I think she's had a lot more singing opportunities coming her way. Well, she also last seen in Neighbours as well. Oh, really? She had a guest stint in Neighbours. Is she big in Australia? I don't know. Or was it a, a bit of a stint for the UK fans? Well, I think a lot of Neighbours' success is because of the UK, so I think they often uh, cater to our whims. <laughs> Track number three now, we're sticking with Xenomania and it's Bad Time. Bad times, um, but not a bad song. Not a bad song, no. Again, I'm really hearing like a 90s indie influence on some of these songs. This one made me think of artists like Republica or Garbage, really like female-fronted bands of the time, and also a much more specific uh, artist, Mint Royale featuring Lauren Laverne. Ah, oh, yeah, Don't Falter. Don't Falter, yeah. And I think it's that really high-pitched vocal that took me back to that. favorite of yours I, I wouldn't say it's the fa- my favorite uh on the album i think it's very very it's got a lot of whimsy to it yeah a lot of melancholy to it as well again the guitars the xenomani guitars are very prevalent in that track as well it's also a good time i think to mention um from the all night ep uh there's a xenomania track on there that if you find this track a little bit too melancholic this is almost the opposite. So I'd like to play a little clip of Sweet. Very much, I feel like I've got diabetes just from listening to that. <laughs> uh, so just a little bit of that. So that was on the uh, All Night EP. I have to say with that one, it, do, it feels almost like sort of uh, Xenomania by numbers. I think it's if, it sounds a lot like some of the Girls Aloud stuff as well, but their earlier stuff, 
like Love Machine or something like that, especially with those guitars at the beginning that's kind of acoustic, almost had a country and western twang to them. But I think of what we've heard so far, that's obviously the only song that's not on the album. It's it, That was, hasn't been my favourite one. I think Throatwind um, and Xenomania are almost being more experimental with themselves. Uh, so like my, some of my favourite Girls Aloud collaborations with them were Biology and The Promise, which kind of almost sound nothing like each other. Mm. One thing I'd say about Bad Times, actually, is that there were hints of that that reminded me of New Order. And of course, we mentioned before, there was the ill-fated sessions, weren't they, with Xenomania and New Order, which sadly... We've, we've never, never heard. We'll never hear. Hopefully one we'll day. Okay, track four now. This is Don't Stop. Fantastic cover of the Fleetwood Mac classic there, Don't Stop, <laughs> which it obviously isn't. But a fun song. I like the change of pace. That's a little bit more lo-fi, a bit more sort of the sultry disco. Um, and this was another one of the additional tracks that were added for the final release of this album. Again, with Paul Epworth and... Uh, Hydra and Bjorn's daughter. Yeah, oh, you've, you've got that pronunciation down to a T. Mm-hmm. We think. <laughs> so this is the same. So this is the same team who's who did Hey Anna, as you said. And I feel the same about this song. When it first starts, and it's that much more industrial drum kind of quite repetitive sound. I, I, I really struggle to get into that part of it. But then, as soon as it kind of picks up with the chorus, and it's much poppier, quite twinkly, almost with some of the synths in there. I really enjoy that part. Twinky. <laughs> twinkly. Oh, yes. there's a little L in there. Oh, um, I bet there is. <laughs> Um, I get hints of Little Boots on this one. Probably something from the second album, um, but with the vocal, feels very Little Boots. Mm. As we move into track number five now, again, a similar sort of sound continues. So this is number five. I don't like your band. Mean spirited. Just tell someone you don't like their band. I'm sure she's got her reasons. Hmm. Would you say that to someone? If you walk past Alex Turner in the street, would you say you don't like Arctic Monkeys? Uh, I probably wouldn't even realise. <laughs> oh. He's always changing his look, isn't he, he? Yes, very much so. In fact, I saw him. Went to a gig at Somerset House last year, and of course, he's got his side project, The Last Shadow Puppets, with Miles Kane. And I saw them both, and. Alex Turner now has a Mohican uh, and is wearing a leather jacket, very uh, 70s punky. And, and I was umming and ahhing, shall I go over and speak to Miles Kane and Alex Turner because they're huge heroes of mine. And I got very close to them and then I realised it wasn't Alex Turner at all. It was just Miles Kane and a friend. And <laughs> don't give us a nursing home. Such a shame. Such a shame. So that, this is I Don't Like Your Bands. What do you think, Dan? So this is the team of Paul Epworth and... Hydra and Bjorn's daughter again. And of the three we've heard so far, this is by far my favourite of theirs. It just 
feels more. I know we're going to get Richard X on this album as well. I know we've got Xenomania, but this feels like a Xenomania Richard X uh, collaboration more than anything else I've heard Paul Epworth do, I think. What do you I, think? Um, so this song um, and Don't Stop feel more like the sort of first album sound, but I think it's just a bit more, uh, a bit quirkier than some of the Xenomania stuff on this album. Yeah. Which isn't a criticism towards anyone. It's just, it's just the way it is. Something about it as well did make me think of uh, Sugar Babe's album tracks, from certainly from the third or fourth album. And Dan, there is one more track which Paul Epworth co-wrote and produced, which is on the All Night EP. And now would be a good opportunity to hear it. So this is All Night. <laughs> So that was all night. I, so many layers to that song. It's lovely. A nice groove as well. I really put up a nice groove on that one. I actually prefer that to a number of tracks on the main album. So we've had Paul Epworth, we've had Xenomania, and now we've got a new collaborator and a friend of the podcast, Richard X. This is Songs Remind Me of You. That is my favourite song on the album. Um, I thought you were going to say that. Mm. It's an absolute banger, isn't it? It's great. And of course, we all know that Richard X is a big fan of 80s synth pop music. He's sampled it a lot. Uh, bands like Human League and Gary Newman. And this, I think, sounds like it could have come from the 80s. It sounds it really makes me think of Visage. I think it's some of the um, Andy's own backing vocals doing that. Um, but yeah, I think it wouldn't have sounded out of place on, on a Richard X, you know, if he ever does his X Factor part two, something like this in there would be an absolute treat. And imagine what other recordings, um, there are that Richard X has been involved with in partnership with Annie as well. Cause I'd imagine there's a lot more out there. Mm. Also not too far removed from Love in Stereo, which of course was the Mochi Akisha Siobhan track and then released by Banana Rama, just kind of got that, um, Quite a relentless synth pattern on there, I think. Um, and obviously the release uh, of this album has had a bit of a checkered history, but this was actually the lead single from the album. Okay. Um, but I think it's a strong single to lead in with. An interesting little nugget, this was actually featured in Sex and the City 2. Really? If anyone sat through the whole of that film. I think I did, but I think I'd glandular fever or something like that at the time so it, well, gave, it gave you glandular fever <laughs> well it gave me much worse than that yeah i seem to think uh i didn't know if i was delirious or if that was actually the plot line of the film and i think it was the latter this track was one of the tracks that was critically 
lauded on this album as being, uh, as you say, one of the best. Well, that's that's the Richard X power. Also, Hannah Robinson on there and co-writing with Richard X, which they've worked a lot together, haven't they? And we've talked about Hannah Robinson quite a lot. And I did see on Richard X's Instagram just a few weeks ago that they were in the studio together again. So who could that be for? Okay, track seven now. This is Marie Cherie. Mary Cherie. Marie Cherie that one does I know we're joking about this being uh, our first West End uh, soundtrack episode that does sound a bit like it could be from a musical does it? I think so yeah I never thought that I can imagine her looking for this Marie whoever she is I might actually write the jukebox musical of Annie and then later on Marie can be Maria and they'll sing the Blondie song (laughs) (laughs) this was uh, co-written uh, first of a few tracks co-written with Timo Kalkalampi, um, uh, who was uh, responsible for a lot of Annie's first album. Um, and this is the sort of sound, Dan, if you hadn't listened to the first album, uh, this is the sort of sound, a much more pared-down electro sound. Right. But I love the drum at the at the end. I don't know what sort of drum. It was kind of a big bong, 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 bong. What do you uh, call one of those drums? Tom? Are they Tom? Tom? Hmm. Possibly. Philip. The other writer on this one, I Lord, I don't know how I'm going to say his name. Yngv Satri. That's probably nowhere near. And I do apologise, sir. Uh, who's a Norwegian record producer and has worked with some acts I've never heard of before, but with some really fun names. So Pogo Pops. I imagine we quite like those. Uh, and Toy. Pogo Pops sound like a children's sweet, like a push pop. Yeah, or a cereal, like a rice pop, cocoa pop. Did you like this? Do you like this? Listeners, Dan's really thinking now. Yeah. Looks like his head's about to explode. I think, because when I hear it, I do think of it, it sounds like a sort of stage show kind of thing. I think I'd enjoy it in that setting. But when I am listening to the album, when I've been listening to it this last week or so, it's not been a favourite. Maybe I do prefer that more kind of relentless, poppy, xenomania thing rather than this which as you say is a bit more subdued so listeners did dan enjoy that track answers on a postcard please (laughs) there's always going to be an if did you enjoy this if it was an advert for a bank (laughs) i might like it i might just start going might just start answering questions with different situations forever did you like it i I did I, i think an album like this needs a bit of a change of pace oh god yeah uh, so we'll go on to track number eight now, which is Take You Home. Despite just saying that I think I prefer the more upbeat moments, this might be my favourite track on the album now. 
Well, you just said that was songs remind me of you. Well, favorite slow song then. Just such a nice. This just feels like a really cool song. Really nice groove. Really nice bass throughout it. And it just, it kind of, it doesn't go too many wild places. It just kind of stays the same, but at the same time, it just, it, it keeps you, it keeps you listening as well. It keeps you excited. I really like this one. It's very chilled, isn't it? Mm. But very cool yeah, at the same time. Definitely. You can almost them playing this in some uh, terrace bar in Ibiza. Oh, yes. Long to be somewhere like that now. Yeah, fun song that one. I like that a lot. And now we'll move on to track number nine, which is our final uh, of those co-written by uh, Timo. Uh, and this is something very different. Have, have you heard this song? Well, yeah. you will have done. That. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you make it sound like I did my research. <laughs> this is the breakfast song. So, Dan, what do you want? What do you want for breakfast? I'd like to start things off with the cooked breakfast. You know, uh, obviously I'm vegetarian, but I like to go to the toast machine as well, hold my plate while it goes round. It's almost like a fairground ride. Then I go up for the pastries uh, and probably finish off with some yogurt and fruit. Um, so, yeah, three course. We were talking about all-inclusive hotels, right? No, I was just going to cook you something. What do you like for breakfast? I'll have granola to start. Then I will get stuck in to have the full gut buster. Uh, two sausage, two egg, two bacon, uh, two fried bread, uh, black pudding, beans, tomatoes, mushrooms, hash browns. Just chuck a few chips on the top. Because we are you... in Benidorm having this breakfast. <laughs> and if you eat it all, it's free. Uh, really? Yes. That's great. I'll wash it down with a pint of Foster's. <laughs> uh, and then for afters, I'll have an uh, almond croissant, a pan of chocolat. Oh, I love an almond croissant. Absolute heaven. So this song is probably one of the most out there songs on the album, isn't it? It is, yeah. Really good fun. What a fun song. <laughs> you don't like it, do you? This is my least favourite song on the album, I have to say. It's just, I get that it's fun. I think it would have made a great B-side. and It was fun in the studio to put together, but... Even you know, if even even if I put this album in the background, this song would come on, and I'd think it would just it would just stand out a little bit for me. Whereas the last one I said was very cool. What the ones before have been very uh, fun. Xenomaniaco writes it's just um, not for me. I wonder what Annie does like for breakfast. Annie, if you're listening, love Annie, love, tell us what you want for breakfast. What you like for breakfast? I bet marmite and toast. Mm. Brown sauce. No, I think she likes red sauce. Anne Love, let us know. Uh, just before we move on to the next track, there was one more track um, that was co-written with Timo. Uh, that's on the All Night EP. I absolutely love it, so I'm going to play a little bit of it as well now. And this is I Can't Let Go.
So, something a bit different there, Dan. A duet. Yes, who is that singing with her? Oh, I'm glad you've asked, uh, because that is Frederick Saroya of Data Rock. Oh. Have you heard of Data Rock? I haven't, no, have you? No. Before um, this, <laughs> sorry, of I course have, you have. but I can't say I know them at all well. No. But I love the kind of, the to and fro yes. in that. Do love a good electronica duet always. It made me think a little bit of, because it does, again, it's very 80s sound in this one, yes, isn't it? Yes, very made much me, so. Made me think of uh, Symmetry from Little Boots with Philip Oakey from Human League. Uh, that almost, could almost be a, a distant cousin of that. Nice comparison. Thank you. Uh, track number 10 now. So you want to put your dancing shoes back on for this, Dan? Oh, I've got my bowling shoes on at the minute. No. Give me a second. <laughs> this is Loco. Loco there, but not down in Acapulco. No, um, down with Annie. Mm. My favourite song on the album. Yes. And this is the one that we used to preview that we would be covering, Annie, didn't we, on our teaser episode? Yes, if you're a fan of the teaser episode. This, for me, if someone said, play me a song that epitomises what Xenomania sounded like um, at the peak of their success, I would play them this song. Yeah. Because you've got the guitar, you've got the waves of synths, the layers of sound on there, um, and some really clever lyrics and writing. Yeah, I 100% agree. It sums them up perfectly. Again, as I said with the song before and with some of their other stuff they've done, particularly with Sugar Babes, the song to me just sounds like it's going round in circles in a way. Something about the loops in there, um, which is by no means a criticism. It just, um, there's something circular about their sound that I can't quite put my finger on it. But it's a great song. It's it's fun. It's bite-sized. It's you've covered it all. It's it's prime Xenomania. And a fun pop fact for you, which isn't you won't find written down on a website anywhere. This song was accidentally released as the first single from the album. I remember it went onto iTunes and then got taken down. Oh, really? Very quickly. Um, so much so there somewhere, and um, we'll see if we can find it before we uh, get this episode up. There is some single artwork for this song. Wow! So. It was a mistake or it was, it was a, a change of mind? I think it was a something that was planned that didn't shouldn't have happened, mm. which meant it kind of went up and down quicker than a pair of Vickers knickers. <laughs> and would you say this is Annie's most known songs, one of her most known songs? Because obviously Chewing Gum, I think, is probably the biggest one. And, and I said before I hadn't heard of a song. I had heard of Chewing Gum. Um, but... Yeah, this one I hadn't heard of, but it, there's something about it. Maybe it's the Xenomania thing. It sounds familiar. I wouldn't say this is known at all. No? Um, outside of probably me and half a dozen people that I think probably subscribe to our podcast. Mm, there's more, Hello. More than half a dozen people. <laughs> <laughs> me, you, your mum. Okay, number 11 now. When the night. When the
What a great time to talk about that fantastic album artwork. So this album artwork, it's got Annie on the front. Uh, she's trussed up to the nines. Uh, <laughs> and she looks like she's written Annie with a sparkler backwards Aww. on the front on there. Um, she's looking very nice. I have to say it's because she's wearing a dress by French designer Jean-Charles de Castelbajac. <laughs> You're a big fan of his work, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> I'm actually wearing a pair of his uh, Undercrackers Jeans Oh sorry <laughs> So it's a really nice album Lovely uh, styling on there I've only just realised That it's in A leopard's face Isn't it On that dress It's the two blue eyes And they're the ears On her shoulder On her shoulders You're quite right and You've never seen that either no. I've only just spotted it As I've been looking in what A bit a more detail design. Yeah I'd love that as a vest I was going to say For Glastonbury But not this year yeah, so the song itself, not for me. It's it's very ballad. There's no escaping. It's very, very ballady. Uh, of course, it's written by Xenomania, or co-written by Xenomania, this one. It, and it does feel a little bit like a Girls Aloud album track uh, ballad. I can imagine Kimberly taking lead vocal on this one. Uh, moving on now to the last track on the album, and this is Heaven and Hell. Being Jerry Hallowell? No. Love Stuck Between Heaven and Hell, or Purgatory, as it's often called. Yeah, she's dancing around it there, isn't she? Mm. Very, I just, what, what is that song? I think... And you can't use the word whimsical. It is jaunty. <laughs> and it is, I think it's Six's influence, that one. Mm. It's got a little bit of a Motown, just a touch of Motown on there. Do you know what, this, this could be a great track for the Annie musical, not the Annie musical, but my Annie musical right at the end as they're just walking off stage this one uh, also i can imagine if it was being performed some uh, hand gestures and movements as well yes absolutely we were we were waving ours around weren't we in the vein of stop right now thank you very much oh yes i do want to talk as well quickly about annie's vocal on this one because it's very i, I when i say sickly sweet i don't mean in a bad way i mean like a like a really good cupcake where you just have to have it but it's sickly sweet i had one the other day a percy pig mns one so sweet but so lovely um, but compared to the lyrics of our, stu- our love stuck between heaven and hell, it's a bit of a juxtaposition. Uh, this album overall, uh, as we're at the end now, we can summarise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mixed reviews, but largely very positive. Um, and I think a lot of... Uh, Enemy gave it 8 out of 10. Uh, the Guardian gave it 4 out of 5. Rolling Stone gave it 3.5 out of 5. There are, there's a lot of commentary as well about some of the non-Xenomania tracks are better. Mm. Uh, well, Loco is obviously brilliant. Yeah, good fun. So we're on to some further listening now. Um, it's worth mentioning at this point, Annie continues to record. She has had um, EPs, uh, single releases, uh, buzz tracks uh, are plenty. Uh, and there's a great uh, EP called the A&R EP, which has a brilliant kind of 80s, 90s vibe running through it. That's definitely worth checking out. For further listening, 
I think we just wanted to talk more about our favourite Annie songs. Definitely. So, Dan, would you like to go first? Sure. So, as we've already said right from the start, I didn't know much about Annie before, so we've been listening to Don't Start, but I also just put on her top songs on Apple Music. And this one really stood out to me. I had to check to see what it was. So, this is the track Antonio, which, as we said before, was released uh, 11 years ago this week. But this is a remix of it. This is the Berlin breakdown version of Antonio. That's very different. So first of all, anything we've played today, but also the original. Mm. But I still think it has the underlying hints of 80s that we've talked about a lot on this episode. But it really sounds like some of the keys and synths in that one remind me of Stranger Things and the score for that. Which Have mm. you seen Stranger Things? No, not, not my cover team. No, okay. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it really does make me think of that. And then there's some, some strings coming at one point as well, which kind of adds to that soundtrack-like feel for this one. But as I say, it just it's very different. Um, but it just struck me when it was playing. It just um, really had a lot of feeling to that one, which I liked. Um, Antonio, originally co-written between Annie, Richard X and Hannah Robinson and produced by Richard X. Over to you, Will. So for me, I'm going to go with, uh, with a track that kick-started this whole era of Annie. Also co-written and produced by Richard X and Hannah Robinson. This is I Know Your Girlfriend. <laughs> Lovely that the ice cream van comes around at the end. Is that the same one from The Bravery a few weeks ago? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, also, uh, there's a brilliant ring-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding-ding-ding bit. The Crazy Frog. No, no, no. It's much nicer than that. Uh, I always think that this is uh, a great successor as the lead from, or the kind of first taste of a new campaign to throw it back to chewing gum the first time round. Also written and produced by Richard X as a kind of, they're very quirky, really make you sort of sit, sit up and take interest. Yeah, lyrically and musically. Lyrically, musically. Um, yeah, they just don't, they're just a little bit off kilter. I think I've said that for, I need a new phrase for off kilter. But the, the, they're pure pop, but just with the message and with the sound, it's, it's just, it's not quite uh, smash hits. But it's uh, yeah, it's fun. This one, I like it. I like I like the simplicity of the of the synths and then some great vocal harmonies as well. The video is really fun. Check out the video. I absolutely will. Uh, Dan, I must mention Loco. I forgot to mention <gasps> playing guitar on Loco. It's Alex and Nick from Franz Ferdinand. Oh yes, I did read that actually. Yeah, and just putting two and two together, it probably means they were both groups, artists were recording. Resentomania at the same time and that ill-fated 
project that Franz Ferdinand binned off. I know. We're, we're, I think we're both desperate to hear that and the New Order stuff that they did with Xenomania. Oh, I do think one day it's going to find its way out of the vaults. It has to. Record store day. We're out of time. So do let us know what you thought to Annie. Was you a big fan of hers like Will before? Was you quite new to her like me? Let us know at Trap by Track UK. And uh, if you have a moment and enjoying what you're listening to, please review and rate us over on Apple Podcasts. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next time? Absolutely. So we are going to be talking about one of our favourite legendary synth bands who we spoke about way back on... Pet Shop Boys. Well, they've worked together. Back on our third ever episode, I think we talked about these guys, third or fourth. They... We're talking about an album that's from 15 years ago, but specifically the second single from the album, which features a female vocalist from a different band who we've talked about before. And there's a remix by somebody that we've been speaking about today. Um, That second single turns 15 next week. I confused myself saying that, so I don't know if that is so cryptic, even I don't know what I just said. I switched off, to be honest. (laughs) So thank you for joining us. Uh, Until next time. I've been Marie Cherie. And I've been Antonio. Goodbye. Goodbye.